0: Well, welcome everybody, Pastor Tim Karsken here. We start another week of our daily podcast from Louisiana, and we're glad you're with us today. There's so many things happening in the spirit. We're pushing through to finish this month. And there's a, a, a movie that just came out called Jesus Revolution, and I believe it's a precursor of some things to come. Let's talk about that today. For the things of this world There is hope renewed In the life that is found in you Come on, we sing together For you Welcome, each and every one of you. Here it is Monday, the 27th day of February, 2023. I pray you had a good weekend. Uh, We've had a busy week last week, and now we launch into this next season. The month of February that we've been prophesying about, others have. Chuck Pierce, we've shared his prophecy many times this month about this being one of the most difficult months, a month of momentum, a month of contrast both good and dark happen at the same time. It has been a very accurate prophecy. Uh, I don't know of a month in the last three years. It's been more intense and I don't need to reiterate all that's happened this month. I've been talking about it almost every day on these podcasts, but uh, I want to thank the Lord. Here's one reason I want to thank him. Tomorrow's the last day of the month. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm laughing, but I'm crying and I'm joyful. Sometimes I have to understand, you have to understand uh, humor is a way of keeping your sanity, and uh, if you don't laugh, sometimes you'll lose your mind, and we're in a place right now where we need the mind of Christ, and we need to understand that He's in control. When we understand the Father's love, we have no problems, right? We know that He's going to work it together for our good. We know that no matter how bad it gets, even if it's to the point of death, he always has a redemptive purpose. That's if you know the love of the Father. If you doubt that, you will always struggle with how can this work out? How is God going to do this? And so part of the struggle of going through trials is to produce that fruit of endurance, the character that you will finally get hope for the future. Matthew, I'm sorry, Romans chapter five tells us that. And so as we press through, Uh, It's very important. Well, there was a great movie that came out. If you didn't get to see it yet, I encourage you to. I don't know if it's gone worldwide, but it is called The Jesus Revolution. You can probably go on YouTube and see at least some clips from it. And it was the Jesus movement of the 1960s, late 60s, early 70s of this revolution that started out in California and um, a guy named Charles Chuck Smith and, and Lonnie Frisbee were kind of the 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 first two guys that kind of birthed this. It's a story of a pastor whose church was dying. Chuck Smith's church was dying and probably going to lose his job. And then this movement comes of these what we call hippies back then. Some of y'all are probably too young to remember that term. But they had long hair, free love. They were fighting against the war. They would live in, you know, communes. They live, especially in California, they live out in the beaches and wherever. And we saw them where I lived in South Texas, Uh, all sorts of places. It's all about, you know, do your own thing, find truth, whatever it is uh, you think truth is. And it was a journey of a generation trying to find answers to life. You know, they got messed up, started doing drugs, open sex. uh, just you know whatever your flesh told you to do it's really i hate to say this but it was animalistic it's the lower nature was having a greater manifestation don't question if you want to do it do it don't question it don't have any values or morality or at least try not to have too many of them and to have this free love and everybody else was evil pigs or i mean police were called pigs and the government was evil and all these things that were going on all of us who grew up in that generation Remember some of those things. I can remember my dad watching television and watching the protests and the riots, and you know, and the hippies doing drugs. And I can hear him just talking bad about them, you know. And I, I'm a little kid. I'm, I'm very impressive. I'm eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. I was very impressed by what my dad would say. Uh, I wanted to please my father, so I, I began to form a world view that I had. But then all of a sudden, something happened. These people, through this little movement that started out in California, uh, began to teach Jesus and the power of Jesus, that He was love and that He did care for their lives, and you know, what they were doing was failing them the drugs, the sex, you know, many of them were dying from overdose and all the different things that were happening at that time. And then Christ came on the scene. And it became a revolution. It was an article written by a reporter who followed the movement and wrote it in the Time magazine, you know called the Jesus Revolution." that's how it got its title or the Jesus movement and well I got swept in through that that's when I got born again was by that movement and it was an amazing movement uh, because this was the the people that came in were were not who you thought would come in. That's not who you thought the harvest would come by. I'm reminded of Rick Joyner, and I um, forget which book it is, uh, One of I think maybe one of his trilogy, The Final Quest. He talked about how God was raising up an army in the last days, and basically Rick asked God, he's like, where am I going to find an army? I you know, we're, we just were lacking people. And the Lord said to him, well, your army's in the enemy's camp right now. And I want to just put that before you today and say God is accumulating a great army for the coming harvest. We must understand that much of the army is not with us yet. They're in the camp of the enemy. Now, you may not want those people. You may not want the progressives, you know, the, the gender identity problem kids, the LGBTQ uh, communities. You may not want them to be a part of you know, this army, but they're searching. Those people, they have no identity. They're orphans. They need a father. They need the father's love. And guess what? What if God sweeps them into the kingdom? Are we going to denounce them? Because you know, in that Jesus Revolution, as it showed in the movie, many of the older guard said, no, we don't want it. We don't want those people in our church. And so there was no place for them. Well, Chuck Smith decided to, hey, I'm losing my church anyway. <laughs> I might as well embrace, you know, bodies in the pews. They didn't have any money. So it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about getting large numbers because most of these kids didn't have any money. They, were, they they'd do enough to live on to have some food and gas for their vehicles, but that's about it. And so the transformation, the revolution was. Eventually, they got the principles of God: you don't work, you don't eat; labor's is worthy is higher. You know things like that. They started uh, becoming assets to society rather than detriments to it. And so we saw this great move. And for me and my little church in Texas, because it spread all across the land. It, yes, it started in California, but it went everywhere. And everywhere. And I remember in the movie, uh, these kids from. Texas had come to California and, and Greg Laurie the the character in the movie was sitting on the beach where they baptized everybody and these kids said hey we've come from Texas to be baptized and you know he baptized him at that moment and turned his life around and next thing you know you had a revival in Texas and beyond I was part of that I can remember you know drug addicts everywhere and hippies and Uh, all over the streets, everywhere we went, because I lived on the coast, so we had a lot of them on the beaches, and, you know, they just would live there and hang out there to surf or do whatever they want to do, drugs and smoke, and for I lived, you know, marijuana grew kind of wild, so, you know, it was an open drug for most people, they could get it just about anywhere, and so we saw a lot of drug addiction, a lot of crime, a a lot of uh, abuse, etc., that comes from that, but really the drugs were just them trying to kill the pain of not feeling loved. And when Jesus was introduced to them, they began to come in in the droves. And I can remember when I got saved and, you know, although I wasn't, you know, I had long hair and all that, but I wouldn't consider myself a hippie. I dressed like them a little bit, but uh, I I was a little bit too young for that. Uh, I'm proud to say, Uh, but nonetheless, they were there. And I remember them coming to the church when they, they, we dressed horrible. Some of them stunk. Some didn't come out with shoes. If they did have shoes, maybe flip flops or something. And, you know, the girls wore halter tops and, you know, whatever, mini skirts and the guys, you know, whatever they wore shorts. And I can remember they had the frazzled ends on their shorts and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It was like holes in their pants. And, you know, of course, now that's in style, but then it was, you meant you didn't have any money and you couldn't buy full clothes, whatever. And I just remembered the beauty. And I watched in this church the older generation really struggle, but then some of them just like, no, these are lost souls. Let's minister to them. And so we had a pastor, fortunately, that he was a true evangelist. And I can remember he used to take us out, sometimes took me out many times. And uh, in Baptist Church on Tuesday night, you always had what we call visitation night or witnessing. You go out on the streets and visit people, or you'd go to the homes of people who'd visited the church and knock on the door. Anyway, we'd go to the mall or something like that. And I remember my pastor would share the gospel with anybody, I mean, in and everybody, but he always targeted the hippies. He knew they were searching for truth. He knew they were searching for hope, and so he he targeted them to share the good news of the gospel. Well, look what we have at our hands now. Not only do we have the gospel of the kingdom, the answer to those who need love, but we also have the power of the Holy Spirit. We can function in power evangelism. we can let God tell us things about their lives, like the woman at the well who he told about her marriages, and because of that. You know, she gets saved and wins a whole city to the Lord. That's the power we have. That's different than just having the, the gospel of salvation. We have the gospel of the kingdom, which is, means that they can not only be saved, restored, but then they can begin to take over a nation. They can, become an an, they can become an answer to society rather than being a problem in society. Don't worry about cleaning them up. Don't worry about what they look like when they come through our doors whether it be our house doors or our church doors, it doesn't matter. We have to be at a place where we say, God, we want to harvest and you choose the fish. You know, I used to saltwater fish when I lived on the coast. And so a lot of times when you fish, you never knew what you were going to catch. You know, freshwater, you tend to target certain fish. You're going salmon fishing or you're going for bass or from perch or whatever. These are different terms we use in America. But, you know, you target that. but in, in, in the ocean, you just throw your hook out there and you'd be surprised what you'd get. One time you get one thing, one time you get the next. Well, that's kind of how the harvest is with the Lord. He wants anybody who will take the meat of the word or take what Christ is offering and bring them into salvation. And that is what he's going to do. We are in a season of harvest. Now, that Jesus revolution, I you know I was saved 50 years ago, okay? I am still a fruit of that move. And people like me. There are many people in our congregation that got saved during the Jesus movement, our Jesus revolution, and we're still serving the Lord. We're, we're, we're discipling nations. We're doing all the things God's called to us. It is still producing a harvest. And I believe that that, that remnant there uh, and what happened there, and I think this movie describes it and depicts it so well, is coming again. And another revolution, part two, if you want to call it that, of another harvest of people who are desperate, and I think it's with these people that are struggling, these kids are struggling, especially with identity, that they're going to come in. Your identity is, a lack of identity is is an orphan spirit. You do not know that you have a father that loves you and that cares for you and wants you to be a part of a family. He wants you to make you a a son. Jesus said, I am not leaving you as slaves. I'm sending the Holy Spirit so that you can too have the love of the Father in you. So he did do that by his mercy and by his grace. He sent the Holy Spirit after he was resurrected to share the good news with us and to release the Father's love to us. So we want to believe right now for another revolution, part two, what started then is coming out now. And I believe that movie was a time in spirit, in the spirit. It came out the right time to begin to believe for harvest. We're seeing revival on campuses all over America right now. And this movie was planned long before those revivals started. So I want you to know that I believe the timing of the Lord, the Cairo's timing of the Lord, is happening right now. Now receive that for yourself. Receive it for your family. Receive it for the ministries that you're involved in. And let's believe for the revolution to continue. And a new harvest a of new people coming into the God, kingdom to become the army love. of the Lord in this hour. In the name of Israel. All right. They come back tomorrow. Me. Love you guys. Well, thanks for listening today, and I pray you will listen each and every day on this daily podcast. We're moving into March. I want to make sure you recognize this coming Sunday, we'll have our Purim service, where we'll share the story of Purim and the story of Esther. So if you don't get to watch it live Sunday, watch the replay and learn the revelation, how important it is to save a nation. I think it's a critical time for this feast to be taught because our nations need to be returned to what God said we are called to be. So listen in. All right, come back tomorrow.